Hello, I'm Rob Beckett. And I'm Josh Whittacombe. Welcome to Parent in Hell, the show in which Josh and I discuss what it's really like to be a parent, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, to make ourselves, and hopefully you, feel better about the trials and tribulations of modern-day parenting, each week we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how they're coping. Or hopefully how they're not coping. And we'll also be hearing from you, the listener, with your tips, advice, and, of course, tales of parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, there are plenty of times when none of us know what we're doing. Hello, you're listening to Parenting Hell with... Can you say Josh Whittacombe? Can you say Rob Beckett? Rob Beckett. Are we we international podcasters? Who's that? Uh, Hi, I've noticed that you've had none or maybe little interest in people in the USA. Don't start negging us. We've got bloody... We've got, I'd say, 0.75% of our listenership are Americans. Yeah. Which is a huge number of... Almost tens of people. Michael will be able to tell us. Michael, can you tell us what percentage of our listeners are American? Yeah, I'll come back to you in about two minutes. Okay, cool. Here is my three-year-old daughter, Fern, and we live in Seattle. Ooh! So, do you know what state Seattle's in, Rob? Seattle is up north, isn't it? Yeah, north. Uh, Washington. West. No, It's in Washington, it is. Is it? Yes, get in! Yes. My husband's from Kent, England, so our kids have weird American accents since we've been together so much during COVID. Thanks for bringing so much needed laughter into my life. I've recommended the podcast to all our friends, even though they may not understand British humour. Thanks. Um, we've got uh, Michael with the US listener stats. So I can confirm that 1.6% of our listeners are from the USA. Is that, our, is that our biggest market outside of the United Kingdom? Australia, I bet. Australia is the biggest market outside the USA. What's that? That is 2.37%. Still small, I, isn't I, it? I, I still can't... I don't think we can call ourselves an international brand yet. No. What is our UK percentage? 88.25%. Oh, my God, that's pathetic. Where's the, where's, the, where's the rest, then? The rest is spread out. Belgium, 0.03%. No way. Go on, the Belgium. Bedunked to our Belgian listeners. Big up the Belgium. Bruges. I just shouted Bruges. You just shouted Bruges. <laughs> Where else? We've got our Belgian Zeds at. Who else we got? Italy, 0.09%. These are all these are all expats. 0.09. That's less than a percent. UAE, 0.33% of our listeners. 0.33 in Dubai? You think that would be higher? Because there's loads of Brits over there, but it's small, isn't it? <laughs> I, love it. I love the way you can't hear anything about analysing it. <laughs> <laughs> Who gives a fuck? 0.33%. Yeah, that's weird actually because it's kind of expats. What can I do to, you know, what can we do? Do you think we should get some billboards in Dubai? Josh is going to start doing like stories about going to white parties with his kids yeah. on the beach and like. Do you know what? That Burj Khalifa's tall, isn't it? Bloody hell. That is one tall old building, that. I can actually break down the US listenership by state if you're interested. No oh, way. Yeah. Where's yeah. the biggest? Uh, wait, let me guess. California, eh? New York. Yeah, California is the biggest, followed by New York. The smallest percentage with a total of 231 downloads. Oh, why? So that means mathematically one person could have listened to 
all of the episodes one and a bit times. Right, so we've got one listener in this place. <laughs> well, we might have a couple of listeners, but if there's two listeners, they both haven't finished the entire back catalogue. So this is the smallest stat we've got, essentially. Yeah, yeah. it's 0.03% in Wyoming. Wyoming? Which is actually not that surprising. It's the least densely populated state in the US. Wyoming. If you are that person <laughs> please, in Wyoming, please get in touch. Oh, imagine if they've stopped listening. <laughs> Michael, you've got to check this time next week, Wyoming, to see whether it's gone up by two listens. To see whether they've listened to it. <laughs> <laughs> to, see if, to see if we've still got the Wyoming listener. If you yeah. are from Wyoming and listening, let's, we've got one person in Wyoming. Is this interesting for anyone else? Anyway, if you're from Wyoming, that's quite yeah. interesting. Was that interested? I yeah. found it interesting, but then it's about us, isn't it? But um, yeah. you know. We'd probably be having this conversation even if it wasn't on. <laughs> Well, that's It'll the issue. It's fun. Go on. If over the lifespan of this podcast, we tried to get an intro of the kids' names from every single one of the 50 American states. Oh, look, my look, word. Look, guys, can I just say something here? We, you can't... Let's not make this mistake of trying to crack America without 1.5%. We've got to remember the British, guys. That's, that's who yeah. made us. That's who we're here for. Let's not get caught up in the American dream. Michael's just pitched a Dave Gorman podcast <laughs> idea. I want us to be the Sufjan Stevens of podcasts. Surely we do every county first. Also, who cares, though? <laughs> I couldn't even... Can you name the counties? What a boring thing to ask. <laughs> yeah, I can. Fuck, how many are there? No, I'm not doing that. Yeah, I am. Do you know I'm the only it. county that's uh, got borders one other county just one other county is it what, something in Wales oh no Cornwall yeah boring yeah. that isn't it that right. is boring let's move on right okay boomer story here is a boomer parenting story from the mid 1980s every Saturday I was given 75p pocket money and I had been saving for about four weeks for something I'd seen in town it was a shaking Stevens holographic key ring an item of my dreams as a nine year old in the 80s on this Saturday, I asked my mum to drive me to town and I bought the keyring. I came home clasping it, wrapped in a brown paper bag. When I got home, my dad had randomly bought a new three-piece suite from a friend. It was brown striped and the arms were like wooden flat tables. I was so excited, my brother was sat on it, so I sat on the wooden arm. Yep, it cracked and snapped off. Oh. My dad was furious. He demanded my keyring and made me follow him to a garden tree stump he placed my keyring on the oh stump oh my god no oh no and made me stand there she as he smashed it to smithereens with a hammer a sledgehammer devastated that is actually awful that's horrible joe bolton white dorset that's not boomer parenting that is terrible parenting i feel bad reading that out should i give you another boomer is it a happy boomer well i don't know we'll find out as we go <laughs> Hi, Rob and Josh. I want to share one of my boomer parenting stories. I'm in my 50s now, so my childhood was mostly in the 70s, and I can yeah. tell you it was a bleak time. Uh-oh. <laughs> one Saturday, my extended family were going to a hotel for a dinner and cabaret event. Both me and my sister were very excited. This was a big deal. Of course, we put on our best outfits and made a bit of an effort. We drove for about an hour to the venue in our family convoy, only to find out the event was adults only. Much to our dismay, the whole family decided to go anyway and left me and my sister in the car, in the car park, for three hours. Oh, God, this is bad. This is like, this is, this isn't fun anymore. These are just Halfway really through, sad stories. Halfway through, Dad came out, he brought us two Cokes and a bowl of chips to share, and then went back inside. Oh, my, that is so unfair. And then that... she's written, this is just a two-word sentence, no sauce. 
Remember, this was the 70s. We didn't have iPads, nor did we have any books or anything else with us. So we just sat there <gasps> in the dark until the adults had finished. We then drove home and went to bed having only had half a bowl of chips for our tea. That is so hot. I think we need some happy stories here. Um, i got another one here. Here we go. This is a dilemma, Josh. This is what... <laughs> Hi, Robin Josh. This came in ages ago, so I don't know. The kid's probably about 15 now, but I'm a huge fan of the podcast and even was lucky enough to attend your live show at Hackney Empire, which did not disappoint. Tickets still on sale for the tour, guys. This still is... on sale for the tour. In fact, I was sat very close to the six-week-old baby. Yeah, people did bring babies, which is uh, yeah, which not is advised, not but inevitable with this uh, listenership. I have a bit of a dilemma, which I'd love to know your opinion and perhaps the viewer's opinion on. Um, viewers, listeners, who's no one's watching me, are they? I'm doing this in my garden. Um, my three-year-old and one-year-old both attend nursery, which is bloody expensive, but I've recently found out they watch TV whilst they're there. I'm not too happy about this, considering the fee I'm paying. I thought it, I was offering guilt-free TV on my Fridays with them, but turns out they've been watching it through the week as well. Do you think this is an issue I should raise? Only problem is, it's my three-year-old daughter that told me, and I don't want her to be painted as a grass. <laughs> what should I do? I would say... Just speak to the nursery and go, oh, hi, my daughter come home and said that you watch um, telly at school, um, at nursery. Um, how much are they watching and when are they watching it? I just want to balance it out with my Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays. So over, overall in the week, they're not watching yeah. too much. And in that way, you're not going in with a problem. And if they go, oh, they watch it, you know, for once a Six week. Hours a day. But also kids do lie, especially three-year-olds. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. And I do think sometimes, though, if the, if the kids have done like four hours of activities, when we was on holiday in Greece, they were doing so much swimming and stuff, they actually needed some sort of time back in the room watching telly for an hour or two just to try and like calm yeah. down a little bit. You know what I mean? Where So I think ask them how much they're watching it and then go from there. Yeah, so I'm doing 12 hours on a Saturday and 12 on a Sunday, so <laughs> yeah. I, need to, I need to balance it out. Yeah, but yeah, say that, and then, that, then they might feel guilty. But yeah, I think just ask. Yeah. It'll be fine, won't it? It depends what they're watching, though, doesn't it? Yeah. Because my mum and dad came round like, to get, pick the girls up from that super camp thing because I was still working. And uh, the girls were playing. I came in to make a cup of tea. And uh, my mum and dad were both on their iPads playing um, Candy Crush, or whatever it is they play. And in the background was just a Netflix documentary about sexual assault on teenagers. <laughs> and my kids just on the floor playing. And then oh, I went, wow. do you reckon we should turn this off? And my dad went, they're only talking about it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but my kids can hear. So I turned it off. And then they cracked yeah, on Candy Crush. Anyway, thank you very much, Mum and Dad, for coming up to help. You got me out of a hole. And uh, also thank you to my mother-in-law, who's having them on Saturday, um, whilst I work. And poor Lou recovers. Okay, Josh, I think it's time to bring on our guests. We've got the wonderful Julian Dean this week. Very funny man. He's got five kids. Five. Five, five children from the ages Great of comedian. eight up till 23, I think. Really funny guy. Great podcast as well with Carl Donnelly, TVI. This is Julian Dean. Julian Dean, welcome to the podcast. We're very excited to have you on. You've been on the, uh, the wanted list for a long time. Oh, thanks. Nice to be here. Hi, Rob Becker and Josh Widdicombe. Thanks for having me. The wanted um, list is a very weird way of referring to it. Well, no, there's yeah. two reasons you're on the list. One, you're very, very funny, brilliant stand-up comedian. Everyone should go and watch you or listen to your podcast, TVI, Two Vegan Idiots. And also, you've got a lot of kids, which is always good for this show. Yeah. I have got a lot, yeah. How many are you talking? Well, some of them are men. Um, so I've got two, I've got two males. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> They're two, um, so I've got two gentlemen, and yeah. I've got um, how old? They are early twenties, twenty-one and twenty-two, and right. I have um, a seventeen-year-old boy, sixteen-year-old girl, and an eight-year-old girl. 
Wren. Wow. I only named the youngest for some reason, but <laughs> yeah. And those others have been in. Um, they've been grouped in in two year saying, gaps. I it's going to say groomed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so there's a 10-year gap between the two eldest are with um, my first partner when I was a teenager and the youngest three are with my... They're, they're both exes, um, but it's all amicable, in brackets. Um, <laughs> okay, just get that we, out. Uh, we, we should really drill down into that, Rob. Drill away. <laughs> well, there's always, sometimes there are gaps. Everyone, you know, my dad was married before and stuff like that. Um, but uh, some people want to talk about the gap more than others, I've found in, in, in my experience on this show. No, I don't, I don't mind. I mean, I've talked about it on our podcast. It's fine. It's all amicable and nice and healthy. Oh, and How old was you when you, you, you had your first one then? You said you were a teenager. Was, yeah, I was 17 um, when, she, when she got pregnant. So 18, just 18. Blimey. Um, Blimey. When the first one was born, yeah. And what was that like as an experience? Was um, it, were you confident? <laughs> Did you, was it like that? You know, it was It was terrifying, actually. But I, th I do think at that age, you do have a little bit less like consequences and five-year plan in your head anyway, so you're yeah. a bit more in the moment. And you're also a little bit more resilient to like a screaming baby, I think, at that age. I do think there's benefits to it, and, you know, that do not outweigh the non-benefits but um <laughs> there are there are upsides yeah you've got energy I, haven't you i suppose and i suppose also you know it's that kind of thing where you are right you're not going how does this fit in with my life that i've created yeah i've just i've just finished playing fifa you know like <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i've got no um i don't know what i'm doing anyway so um it kind of you know forced me into growing up and w when you had your first kid, how much of a different parent were you with that kid than with your kid who's now eight, the one who's got a name? <laughs> Ren. Ren. Um, yeah, that, um, the eldest is Robbie. Yeah, it w I was different. That's a really good question. Um, He's good I at was, this, isn't he, Julian? You're very good. Um, I also should say the eldest was Robbie because... Time-wise, Robbie Williams was at his absolute peak at that moment. I know. I think it was more uh, Robbie out off of Grange Hill, maybe. Oh, really? oh, okay. So they, they haven't all got names that have tracked the uh, most pe famous Well, the second one, Dean Gaffney, is 21. No, right, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the third one, Wellard. T Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of, you know, growing up with my oldest two in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, you know, I'd had a lot of practice when Ren came. Do you find, yeah. like, because people say you get more, like, I'm sure Rob would agree, like, for the first and second one, you're more relaxed in terms of your parenting. By, does that continue to increase? So by number five, you super like chilled with it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That get the that gets more and more and more. Does um, it? Does it continue yeah. to increase? So if you yeah, have ten, you wouldn't even you give do, a fuck. If you have ten, you don't care whether they live or die. <laughs> you just take them out in the sun, no sun cream. So you really did feel that, like the difference. 
Um, yeah, not less love, but you're you're more yeah. chilled and less uptight as a as yeah. a parent I, for me anyway. I guess yeah, in a lot of ways, you kind a lot of it becomes more instinctive. I guess you haven't got so much to learn academically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if, well, I think maybe ignorance is bliss when you're 18. Like when your yeah. eldest ones got to 18, did it really hit home then? Going, oh my god, that's when I had you, and now you're 18. It, it did. It, it did because if he went my way, I. I would have been a granddad at about well, 36 if that's good maths but yeah i was actually teaching maths during lockdown to my 16 year old and i haven't even got a gcse <laughs> no, what, what, what in maths not, or, not one on. not one gcse <laughs> not one not one i you had that would be possible just by the law of averages I, I have, I've got a BTEC NVQ level two in business and finance. Um, oh, that's enough, isn't it? That's enough for what you yeah, need. That's, that's all you need, mate. <laughs> so what I was doing was uh, I had a tutor in the evening for me. and <laughs> No, and you I didn't. Did, I did a maths tutor. Um, he's one of our patrons on uh, our podcast. And so I was doing that with him like on video, uh, on, on, mainly on so Twitter. He was, teaching, he was teaching yeah. you maths to teach your kids. Yeah, but it was, it was, I mean, there's nothing else to do in lockdown. So I, it kind of, I really enjoyed it weirdly. I just got really into it. Are you tempted to redo your GCSEs? Or should I just say do rather than redo? <laughs> yeah, just do. Um, <laughs> I am actually, yeah. And I have, I was looking into it, but I, I think I could get an A in maths now, but there's yeah. no, there's no point in shattering that illusion if I couldn't, you know, so I might not do them yeah i think that's the best way isn't it don't test yourself just assume them, do I? just assume you'd be really good at it and then <laughs> yeah. hope for the best how do you spread your time because you don't live you don't obviously there's a couple of them are grown up now they're, they're men um, and you're yeah. not you're not living with them so how do you when do you see them how do you see them how do you split your time because you want to make sure you're giving them all enough attention but it, it's tough especially when you're a touring comic yeah well the youngest is eight so i take her to school most mornings unless i'm away working um the other two are teenagers so it is all it's a lot more chilled with them i guess i sort of take bow to the gym so i yeah i see i see them quite often i mean I'm, mainly Ren ren would stay over maybe a, once or a week i guess but it's it's very sporadic and casual and easy yeah they're they're only they're only a mile away so there's no kind of time set in stone i've got a door key yeah it's 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 oh that's nice nice. actually because yeah sometimes they don't know that (laughs) (laughs) can you cut that bit about the door key (laughs) sometimes i go in and watch them sleep and then i leave yeah, watch her and her new man sleep. Yeah, <laughs> with his big old hands. Some say dorky, some say crowbar, but you know, if you're in, you're in. <laughs> but uh, that's nice, though, that you know, because there's other people who you know aren't with the, their partners anymore, who they had kids with, where it isn't as amicable and that. So it's, mm. it's nice that you've got that easy, relaxed like set up because it could be horrible if it was like you could only ever see him every two weeks on a saturday afternoon and your work oh. and stuff like that must be awful for people oh it would kill me yeah um it's nice because i'm quite needed as well like they need me to take her to school and pick her up a lot of day- well at least one day a week so i quite like the routine of it anyway and taking her in and yeah it's nice do you like i can't imagine you sort of being sort of dad because you're always doing silly little jokes and little quips do you have to catch yourself like if they're you know if they're telling you something quite serious you find yourself doing the little jokes and you have to hold back i do 
I do, yeah. I'm I'm like that at home, yeah. But they can tell me something serious without me going, ha! <laughs> <laughs> just say it in your head and then say something yeah. else out loud. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Ever, you, you ever taken all of them away on your own? Only only about twice, really, I've taken everyone away. That's that so expensive. Take, <laughs> me and Rob yeah. with our, our different takes on it. I'm, I'm emotionally worried. Rob's financially worried. Actually, when we went to Turkey, I couldn't take the flight out with them, so I had to get the flight the next day, and it was the best move I've ever done. <laughs> I bet! They were all, they were all, there was so many of them, and they were all, um, it was like home alone, just rushing around an airport. But they, and I was just like, got the, got the next day a flight out on my own. It was lush. They were late for the plane and it was oh, just sound like carnage. And I'm just reading a paper the next day at Gatwick. It was nice. <laughs> you know, with a little, a little espresso with my little pinky out. It was nice. <laughs> and how were you when they were little? Did you, was you hands on? Yeah, very hands on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like uh, Ren was breastfed until she was quite old, actually, like gone one. So Lucy would, was doing a course at the time in. Uh, I think Victoria or somewhere. So I had to drive Wren in the traffic to Victoria on a hot summer's day, get her breastfed and then drive her back. And I, I had Wren a lot, yeah, when she was a baby. It's stressful when they're breastfed though, isn't it? Because you can't do it. And like, if they're not on a bottle, you're just sort of hanging around near the boob somewhere in Victoria in your case. I know, exactly. And taking a buggy. And some of the um, tube station don't have lifts. I was literally putting my hands under the buggy, carrying a buggy up the stairs. But yeah, you can, you can, um, what do they call it when you get the milk out of the boob with a suction thing? Mouth? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, Expre expressive. Expressing. Expressing the milk, yeah. We did, we did do a bit of that, yeah. You're a vegan. Are, are, yeah. Are any of your kids vegan? No, they're not. They eat uh, meat a lot, actually. And did you, did you at any point think, I want to bring them up vegan? No. Um, I just thought I'll let them eat what they want. I, I like them eating healthy, um, yeah. but I don't, you know... I'll let their conscience meet. be the guide of whether they're going to kill yeah, animals and I'll, eat them. Yeah, I'll call them murderers. But my... The, actually, a week of being a vegan, I ordered a pizza, and I said, can you can have no meat on it? He said, yeah, of course. And I went... I was in Manchester, and I went home, and I started eating this pizza, and I'd almost finished it, and I realised there's cheese all over it. <laughs> How did you not realise that after eating it? It just totally wasn't even in my head. Because um, I'd asked for no meat on it. I don't know. That was a genuine slip-up. Yeah. Eating a whole, a whole a cheese, whole cheese pizza. pizza. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how do you work Christmas? It's easier now that your kids are older, I imagine. But when they're a bit younger, how do you split your time? Um, well, the older boys kind of do their own thing. Um, you know, I just kind of use my Barclays Ping It app to send over money. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, so the, the three younger ones, I just go to their nan's house and they just have a big... But that's We've only been split up three years, but that's how we've done it for the last three Christmases. Right, fair enough. That's nice, though, that you're... It's a, to split up, but be on the the kind of situation where you're going to the in-laws' house. It's a really nice. No, I do. I do appreciate. I do appreciate it definitely. I mean, it could be a, you know, a, a nightmare situation as a lot of dads, you know, separated have. And so, so how old was yours? Like your um. Uh, your kids when you started doing stand up then like so what was you do did you have like a sort of normal job and then transitioned when they were little because how long have you yeah. been doing stand up 15 years is it 
13 years? Um, I guess since my first gig about 13, yeah. So, but it took a while to kind of go full time. Um, yeah, I was working in the city in sales for about five years um, when they were babies, the Bow and Verity were babies. Um, so it was yeah. quite hard working full time then, you know, you do open mics, don't you? Or, or mirth control, you're driving to Birmingham and yeah. back. I remember you driving work. me in your seat Ibiza somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Like a yeah, weird town hall. I can't remember where it was, but it was a proper shit gig. My first weekend away was the stand flat in Edinburgh in, when they were babies. And that's when I, I, I really, really felt homesick. And I thought, I really miss them. And I was like, oh God, this is the job, is it? And it, <laughs> yeah. it was... T- <laughs> And it, it was really brutal. Mm. Um, yeah. And then on the way back, I had to go to Hull to do a Sunday gig. Mm. And it was just so, yeah. But I kind of just forced myself to get used to it. And, and in the end, you know, when the relationship isn't that great, a weekend away is okay. Um, the divorcee's friend, stand-up comedy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I could go to stand. It's better than the sofa again. Do you? Um, exactly. Because your kids were like, grew up almost in different generations to each other. Could you see, like, the different eras of not just, like, I suppose, like, technology and stuff, like, with baby monitors and prams and all that kind of stuff, but also, I suppose, you're dealing with... Some kids are growing up during social media, some kids are growing up before social media. Have you seen that difference? Yeah, well, Ren's had as an iPhone since she was about three years old. I remember when Ren was little and... You know, it was it's quite hard work when they're two and you're tired. And I remember just putting a, a little uh, nursery rhyme thing on an iPad, and she just locked into it, and it yeah. was kind of it was like ah. Oh. But then you know, it's it's not a great move, is it? But she does like arts and crafts and um, playing and role play, and she likes to play teachers. She, she there is a good balance with her, um, but it was a bit. You know, when you stick an iPad in front of a kid and it just solves all your problems yeah. for a few yeah. hours. It's so easy done. Yeah, you might so you didn't have iPads with your older kids in at all? Not with Robbie and Connor, no. Um, not iPads. I mean, they had kind of computer or Game Boy and stuff like that. Yeah. What's it like? You know, a lot of dads are like, when my child's 18, I'm going to take them for their first legal pint and we're going to, you know, they're going to be a grown up and I'm going to have a drink with them and all that kind of stuff. Did you have that kind of moment when your kids turned 18 that it felt, wow, I've got adult children? Um, Well, I stopped drinking um, before Verity was even born, so years ago. I couldn't imagine it, having a baby crying and you're... Because hangovers get worse as you get older. Yeah. If If I felt like I did now when I had a hangover before, I'd ring an ambulance. It was so brutal, like craw- like just like the full blown flu. Imagine at six a.m. with a baby and a hangover. Because also, I'd say when you've got that, the shame is out of this world when you're looking at a child as well, isn't it? I know their pure innocence, like little soft big eyes. Just you're God to them, and you're just rotten, hungover, like dry heaving. <laughs> <laughs> what's he trying to say to me? <laughs> what's, what's God saying? What's, he, what's he's purging? What's coming out of his mouth? <laughs> oh, that's awful. It's so awful. Like, yeah, I can't do a hangover with kids anymore. I just sort of do a bit of daytime drinking, a couple of beers. I'm sort of getting to that old man too. Two beers is enough for me. 
You're That's just a bloke in a pub of an that, afternoon, yeah. Rob. Is that the... What is that? <laughs> just one of those blokes you see in a pub at 2pm. Yeah, I'll be two pints and then go home for shepherd's pie. And I'm happy. <laughs> I was going to say as well, because like, when you've got a younger kid, you sort of you go and take them to the toy shop and get them a toy and they're happy as Larry. Yeah. But then, and now you're, you've got your older kids, you know, the 20-year-old men in your life, as well as, you know, the other teenagers are getting older now. Like, do you find like you're sort of trying to work out what it is you like to do with them, where a lot of people go football with their kids or they go, you know, there's something. Like, I think as your kids get older, you're sort of searching for the thing that you do together with them. I, I've been trying to get the two older ones to come to the gym a lot. And they, we keep arranging, even to go out for a meal or something, we keep trying to arrange it. And then it hasn't happened in months and months and months. Um, but with Bo, who's 17, I was taking him to the gym with me um, once a week, which was good. It's mad how different the next generation is. If at 17 you'd said to me, do you want to go to the gym? I'd have gone, what are you talking about? But now it it really is a thing, isn't it? To... Yeah, it's a really nice health club I go to. Yeah. So it's kind of got a sauna, steam room. It's got like swimming pool. So I take Ren to the outside swimming pool a lot and she loves it. And I taught her to swim. It's the only one I've ever been able to teach to swim. Oh, really? Yeah, like the others I'd be like, yeah, just put them in the pool. Just swim. <laughs> Don't <laughs> drown. But then I'd watch some YouTube videos with Ren, how to teach somebody to swim. And I was like, oh, I should have done this. 20 years ago um so you managed to do it all yourself i haven't taught her the perfect stroke but yeah um she, she can, can yeah she she's could not drowned no she's very confident she's not drowned yet um but yeah she could do a few lengths i do use youtube a lot to work out how to do stuff like tying the girl's hair like oh yeah i did that yeah i still can't plait hair the other day no, a couple of months ago ren stayed here and i needed to plait her hair for for skull and she she was losing her mind and <laughs> so i run around blackheath village there's about seven hairdressers and i kept running in there can you plait her hair can you and they kept just saying no they can't and i swear to god i will never ever ever go into these hairdressers in my life again i was so i was so resentful and i went into i went into a barber's and i'm like can you plait her you play ahead. No, we don't do that. So I went into Tony and Guy in Blackheath Village, who I never, I'll never even look at when I walk past there. And but we were desperate. And in the end, I just put it in a ponytail. They wouldn't do it for you, like, even as a favour. I would have paid sixty quid if they would have asked. Like, <laughs> like we were, we were about half an hour late for school, and I, I, I hate that. Like, I'm yeah, very yeah. Punk, punctual with them. Yeah, but it was cracking me up. <laughs> well, you think as well, like, most uh, hairdressers, you think, like, it will take them, what, like, a, a minute, two minutes to I do? I know, like, they dye they... hair, they cut hair, they shape hair, they do millions of th <laughs> extensions on hair. And you, 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 they plait their own hair just quickly, just plait her hair. They're just sitting there reading magazines. And when I walked in, they all walked out the back. Like, they, must have, they must get it a lot. One of them stood there to face me. And um, I was like, could you plait her hair quickly? No, we can't do that. You've got to book an appointment. I'll never look in that shop again. <laughs> well, that's the thing I do. I'm very good at holding a grudge. There's still a chip shop near me I won't go in because they were rude to me about 15 years ago. Yeah, so am I. I think it's good to hold grudges. What, what did they say? They said, you're back again for chips. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, we will not plait your daughter's hair. <laughs> just tie it up with some newspaper, please. Batter it, just batter it. Just batter the ponytail. <laughs> Um, we well normally we end on the same question, but I, I feel like it's it's not quite right for this situation, is it, Rob? Well, it's normally things that your partner does parenting wise that annoys you, but um, I don't know if you really want to go down this road. I'm going to be honest with you, Julian. I don't know if you listen to this. A lot of people do, and it will get back to her. Okay. <laughs> All right. She knows this. She when she takes Ren to school, Ren is late. And it annoys me. <laughs> All right, okay, How yeah. do you make it? Uh, cause we're, we're doing nursery this still. This is the last year of nursery for my daughter before she goes to school. And we're late, but they don't give a shit because it's a nursery. I yeah. don't know how I'm going to deal with the strict timings of a school. Are you, you sure they don't? Much? Are you sure they don't <laughs> give a shit? Well, what, they what seem pretty chilled that? about it. Yeah, it's going down in the register, though, and there's going to be a atten- a attendance officer knocking at your door soon. <laughs> Coming from the man with no GCSEs, but 100% attendance. Well, I was a, there, a potential but I didn't A in maths, yeah. Yeah, the potential A in maths. He's, he's self-given. <laughs> he's given himself. Um, but no, oh, Josh, yeah, you've got to get... I would have you down as a nervous nervous that would be there before it opened. I know, but once they give you once they give you the bloody... Uh, so what's the, what is the official time drop-off then at that nursery? Between 8 and 9.30. Bloody, that's a big, that's a big window. Between eight and 9.30. Yeah. So what time does she normally go in? 9.40. What the fuck are you doing in the morning? Just chilling out. She gets up about seven. She could easily be in by 9.30 if she gets up at seven. Yeah, I know she could. I'd have her in by eight, crack on with the day. How would you? Yeah, I I need to speed up my mornings, don't I? So what are you doing in the morning? Because you're up from six with a baby. No, he's, he does he does seven now these days, mate. Yeah, but he's still seven. It's an hour Easy to get... life. Yeah, yeah. But he's... Well, she gets up at half six. She watches a bit of my phone until he <laughs> wakes up. So that takes us to seven. But how far is the nursery from your house? It's a bus ride that takes 25 minutes. That's too far away. So you, get, you get on a bus? <laughs> yeah, I do, get, I do get on the bus. Thank you in very much. <laughs> what, what, well, if any... Is I didn't nice book in bus? the nursery and go, I'm worried about the hottest day in the world in three years' time. Like, <laughs> um, how what? was the bus this morning, all right? Yeah, brilliant, because no one's out. It was a fucking dream, mate. <laughs> it got there in about ten minutes because there was no traffic and no one on the bus. It's like being chauffeur-driven in a huge limo. <laughs> Double-decker limo. I had to um, take her out of school a week early so they could go to Cyprus. Yeah. But the school think that I have her because I'm going away. Um, Lucy asked me to do that, so I rang the school to get approval. They said no. <laughs> but their holiday was already booked. Yeah. So we are going to get fined. <laughs> I mean, oh, I'm, I'm not paying it. It's not my... How much is the fine? What fine do you get? I don't know. I think it's about... It's like, I don't know. What, what do you reckon? Ah, oh, that's all I've right. I it's it? four grand. Four grand. <laughs> four grand and two weeks in prison. <laughs> in, in Cyprus, that's the worst thing about it. You have to go to prison in the country you go to. Um, uh, thank you, for, thanks, Julie. It's been brilliant. Thank yeah, you so I much for coming on. I enjoyed that. Thanks, oh, thanks, Julian. thanks for having me, guys. Is there anything you want to promote? Um, yeah, uh, my podcast with the great Carl Donnelly. Um, He's is... been on here who's been, been on, on is called TVI. Uh, two stands for two vegan idiots. Um, please subscribe, listen. And you don't really got... talk about being vegan. It's just two blokes being funny with yeah, guests. Yeah, exactly. And you two, will you two come on it? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah I've been on it a few to. times, but I'll come on again. I'd happily come on it. Yeah, no, that'd be great. Point. And what about you, stand-up? you got any shows coming up? Are you doing a tour? Are you doing solo shows um, or gigs? Follow me on Instagram, Julian Dean Comedian. Dean's got an E on the end. Julian Dean Comedian. And um, I'll post on there my stories and yeah, stuff. Yeah, defo, defo check out Julian's stand-up. It's so good. Yeah, so, really Some great. amazing uh, one-liners. Oh, but thanks. yeah, good luck with Julian. And uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Julian Dean there. Absolutely lovely bloke. Lovely fellow. Oh, I love him to be my dad. He's very zen, very chilled. Yeah. He does show you, like, I think it takes about four or five to work out how to bring up a kid. Yeah, I know, which is unfortunate for my two, because I'm not going any further. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, he's a really funny bloke, lovely bloke. And, uh, yeah, definitely listen, go and watch his stand-up if you can find it online somewhere. He's a, he's a great act. Um, such a funny bloke. Um, right, see you on Tuesday. Bye. <laughs> If you are not in the queue and you are waiting, then step to the side. He got in touch. He said, yeah, sorry, mate. You didn't seem like yourself the other day. You've only met me three times. The self-service checkout. I don't care what you're called. I'm not getting tricked into working here. People at festivals in those stupid jester hats. But do you know what a snake's penis looks like? <laughs> for a bottle of water. Why is your Wi-Fi Social code ten characters long? People do their shoes up. I don't care if you're watching. Boots cut jeans. What's upset you now? Hello, I'm Paul McCaffrey. And I'm Sean Wall. And we are the hosts of the hit podcast, What's Upset You Now? Each episode is only 15 minutes long. That is perfect for your commute. Absolutely perfect. What, a little 15-minute bus drive to work? Stick an episode of What's Upset You Now on? What's it all about, Sean? Well, me and Paul and a big-name comedy guest such as Tom Allen or Rob Beckett or Josh Widdicombe will rant about what has got our goat that week for only 15 minutes. All those little things, like, for example, do you know Gatwick Airport are now charging you £5 to get dropped off at their door? And now the sun's back out and people are off doing yoga in the park again. <laughs> New episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. What's upset you now with me, Paul McCaffrey. And me, Sean Walsh. Hello, I'm Tom Crane. And I'm Simran Shah. And we're the hosts of the new food and comedy podcast, My Favourite Takeaway, where each week we're invited into the home of a celebrity guest to share their favourite takeaway, exactly as they'd normally have it. We'll be trying it all, from Peruvian street food slouched on James A. Castor's L-shaped sofa. To an Antiguan feast huddled around Andy Oliver's dinner table. Via an alfresco Indian takeaway sat in Tom Allen's garden. And we also want to hear from you, the listener. Your takeaway disasters. Your weird habits. And your personal takeaway recommendations. You can follow us on Insta, My Favourite Takeaway Podcast. On Twitter, at Fave Takeaway Pod. Or you can email us, hello, at myfavouritetakeawaypodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe, like and share. My Favourite Takeaway, the podcast for anyone who loves food but can't always be bothered to cook it. Available on all podcast platforms now. Hello, Tom Allen here. And Susie Ruffle. We have a podcast called Like-Minded Friends. It's very much a celebration of, I don't know, what would you say, Suze, being queer? Being queer, but also chit-chat. There's loads of straight people that love it, so I think that you should come along and listen to it. There's something for everybody. It's been described as white noise for gays, but also we had a lovely section about Glade plugins. <laughs> so why don't you listen to it? Search Like-Minded Friends wherever you get your podcasts. That sounded quite professional, didn't it? Mm.